All the episodes you will hear on this podcast are the audio versions of the video content on the Great Light Studios YouTube channel. If you would like to watch the video version of this episode, you can find a link in the show notes. If you are blessed by the resources produced through Great Light Studios and want to help support me in continuing to do all this, then you can find information about how to in the show notes of this episode. And also, would you consider leaving a five-star review on this podcast? Positive reviews go a long way in helping to get this content pushed out to more people. With all that said, thanks for listening, and I hope you enjoy this episode. My initial reaction to just after leaving was a lot of anger, to be honest, which is founded, mm-hmm. right? Because mm-hmm. I'm thinking, my, my, my very first question was like, God, like, I was looking for you, right? Yeah. Like, and then I ended up here. How does that even make any sense? What were some of the things that the things while you were still a member, what were some of the things that you started to see or experience that made you really start to doubt and question? Yeah. Uh, So one of the biggest things um, was the questions that I had really were circulating around. um, For one, there was doctrinal aspects to it. And then there was experiences that I had that I thought this isn't right or this isn't correct or this isn't ethical at all. on that on that front, the ethical p- portion of it, I think um, there was there was someone who had shared I think their story on your platform about um, being in South Africa and having been like having been asked to do certain things uh, that were just completely outside of his comfort zone, and and he realized yeah. like this isn't this isn't right, you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. so one of those experiences for me was while being a group leader, I had a group member whose family lived in a different country. Um, and they were pretty ill. They weren't doing well. And so she was just letting me know that I think in the, the next couple of weeks, I might need to go see my family because this might be the last time I see them. And so in my mind, I said, of course, absolutely. Like you have to go, you have to go see your family. And so I didn't think this was a problem. And I was reporting this information up to my leader and saying, hey, just so you know, this group member is probably going to go see her family who's really ill and they may not make it. And so and I was met with discipline. Like, how could you as a group, don't you realize she's a newcomer? She just she just came. And so this could really have an impact on her faith. And how, how could you say that this is okay? Have you already given permission? And I said, well, of course, like what her family, like it's, this is her family member. Of course I would, I would want her to go and say her goodbyes and see this family member. Um, it was a problem. And she told me then she said, um, my leader was like, well, what would you do? And I said, I would go, I would go see my family. And this was one of their, like, I think red flags of like, okay, Reddy's not truly like, you know, there's, there's no problem here. She's not. Um, mm-hmm. So there was instances like that a lot. There's people, there's an event and um, an event where someone tried to take their life at one point where it was very jarring for me to hear about that. And, and um, I, it kind of makes you, question a lot of things when you start to see and, and hear these things um, mm-hmm. happening and the attention, the lack of attention that it's getting um, and how they're going about addressing these issues. 
Um, there's different kinds of abuse that have happened um, to people that are I'm, I know. Um, so it's tough when you when you when you see it and when you hear it, and it starts to kind of that cognitive dissonance where you're like, there is something really not okay here, you know. And and I I, I was getting to the point where I was thinking to myself like, um, had not knowing this was actually like you know, false completely and the doctrines were all false. Um, just that alone was beginning to really challenge me as a person. And I was like, how far am I willing to go, right? And, and um, d d seeing these things happening um, wasn't okay. Um, and, and I think in, in the doctrinal aspect, I, it was very obvious that I, I, I just, I, I didn't sit well with me, right? This the gospel that I knew growing up as a kid mm -hmm. and as a young adult, like while I was not like a, you know, a Bible pro knew, knowing verses back and forth, I knew yeah. that like I was saved through Christ in Christ alone, right? And that, and I, I would always ask questions like, so does what Christ did just not matter anymore? Like it, I was always just like, we're, we're so focused on, they would say, he's the roadmap to what's fulfilling today. Right. And so, and I'm like, but, but the cross, like the, the blood, like, you know, and I would just say, what, what happens to that time that we're just trampling on to say that, like, this is yep. just a roadmap to where we're getting to now. And I, that was very, just, it didn't make sense. Right. And so I, I thought to myself, it, when Jesus came, like he found his people in so much burden, not only were they following the laws, like, the leaders at that time had added on to those things. There was hundreds of laws that they were, they, they had put on these people. And he said, rest, I am here now. Like those are not things they needed to do anymore to be saved, right? And what it felt like we were doing in SCJ was going backwards in a mm -hmm. sense of these, like Jesus has already come, died on the cross and, and told us that through him is how we can be saved. And all of a sudden, we had all these rules and in these regulations and almost this fear that that we had and we had to follow these these things otherwise you know this could be tampering with our salvation and i just thought how odd is that you know like that that christ came to fulfill the law of course and then point us to him but now we were in this it almost feels like um confinement where yeah. if we perform a certain way we're not saved and so um, and then, of course, COVID-19 came and the doctrine shift had me for sure. That was one of the biggest red flags. And I thought, this isn't, there's something truly wrong. Because there, no one was really answering that question for a lot of people in terms of fulfillment. Um, and then eventually I had access to previous books that Lee Manhew wrote, which is really interesting. Mm -hmm. um, and a lot of times they don't have, a lot of the members here, at least in the States, don't have access to those books for a reason because things have changed in those books um, mm -hmm. and they don't want members. That sounds very familiar. Yeah. Yes. Um, and so how he says that he's seen the fulfillment of revelation happen and yet there's so many different doctrinal changes. There are literally characters in revelation who they say are a certain person has, have completely changed. And they just say, well, we, you know, as his memory is more clear and as he remembers more things, we adjust them, but no, like it's it's not that and and so wh when i was reading them and realizing th th that there's a difference there's a contradiction here and i thought yeah like it's, it's obvious why they weren't allowing us to have access to those to these books and so yeah 
so these books are these I, I'm I'm just guessing that some who might be members or people coming out, I think would be interested in getting a hold of these yeah. themselves because I, I think so many people in these groups are kind of like they're on the fence in so many yeah. cases where it's like, well, if I could just have something to just confirm that this is, you know, all a sham, if I yeah. could just see that yet you're this thing, these things you're saying about the books, there are changes, then I could just know that yes, I need to leave. But so many people are just kind of on the fence of like, well, is this really, is it not? And so is, is there like, uh, is there a way we could like put links even in the description of the video? Yeah, awesome. and posted on some uh, groups that were like private just because uh, for obvious reasons of, of the group. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you, there, there's access to those books so that you can go in and, and read for yourself and see for yourself that, um, there are changes that have been made yep. to the doctrinal teachings. Yeah. Yeah. So, mm -hmm. so when you, when you, did you bring any of these doubts, any of these concerns and questions to the leadership? And then if so, how was that handled? Yeah. Um, so initially when I started having questions, I, you know, we would have group meetings with where I had a group leader and, or there are other people present where I would ask these questions, right? Openly. Um, but then I was told very directly that like, it's best to have these questions and, and ask them outside of group meeting time because everyone has a little different level of faith and it can impact them negatively. So I took that to heart. I said, okay, you know, I, I guess I understand a concern. And so with certain times that I had with my own group leader where we would discuss things, I would ask questions and I would say, well, this is, it didn't really like, for example, make sense to me here when we're, we were talking about it in Revelation, especially the, the, the COVID time, but even prior to that with certain lessons that we, we've had. Um, and it was, it's going to be reported up and we'll give you the answer. The answer never came. Like, it just doesn't, you know, and also they would host these um, Q&A, they would call them town halls. And this was mainly during COVID when we had like Zoom calls and um, they essentially would say we can ask and if most people know town halls you go and then anyone is free to ask the questions that they have right but they would ask us to submit these questions ahead of time and then they would pick from those questions and answer them right so it's not truly like this open and like ended you know conversation it's more so they have the time to come up with any sort of explanation that they would like to and so i had submitted questions on some of those things that they were that were not picked as well so um it doesn't it's not um it's a very interesting place they'll never come up front and say like we don't we never say that people can't ask questions we, we never do these things and of course they will and i would i would be shocked if they actually admitted some of the things that we're, we're saying they do here right but um, yeah, they, they don't, they don't really address them. Um, some, some things they do and they'll spin it to, depending on your question, right? If it's like a, you know, just a general faith question or like revelation fulfillment related question, they'll, they might address those things. Um, but yeah, no, I, I definitely had asked because I was really grappling at one point about whether this place was legitimate or not, you know, cause yeah. I, yeah. So, and after dedicating five years, I was like, if I'm throwing something away, like I need to know I'm really moving on from something that's false. You know, I've dedicated a lot of time here. And so um, that was where a lot of those questions were coming from at that point. So can you kind of like 
take us into however you can like that, that mental process, because I, you know, I, I've done some of my own, I think all of us have to have to do at some point, some level of, of deconstruction, yeah. if you want to call it. I think if, I think if we're actually using our, our brains, we're, right. you know, we're naturally going to do it. We're going to find that, oh, these things that I've thought or believed or thought about this way, I'm saying that's not true. And so that's just a, I just want to acknowledge to those who might be, whether Shinchanji or, or another cult group watching this, that that, that is a painful scary difficult situation and i'm sure uh, like yourself you weren't you weren't entering into this like willingly like you didn't go in just like oh i, I just i want to get out I, i'm sure like this comes with cost it's like this is this is something that means that basically basically your entire way of perceiving the world not only how you perceive the world but how you are functioning within that world has to change significantly and that's just that's not comfortable at all no. and and so i guess like in that with in mind those other all the other people who who will likely watch this that might be in that very spot right now like what what was that process like what were like i guess what were the the things that were kind of hanging you up and and then what i guess how did you kind of move move past um, that and move yeah. through that that discomfort and the fear yeah. uh, of all that. Yeah, I think initially w w feeling the weight of, of um, uncertainty. What I, I the first thing that you come up against is the doctrines that you've been taught there in regards to what your thoughts mean. Right? They've told us your thoughts can be classified as as God's thoughts, like God's will's thoughts, your own thoughts, or Satan's thoughts. Right? And so mm -hmm. the verse they use is always like God's thoughts are higher than ours and they stretch that as far as they can, right? Mm -hmm. And so they want to disarm you of three things, which is intuition, which is God gave something that God gave us, right? It's a gift yep. that we've been giving us as people. Um, the mistrust of your loved ones, right? Because they're like, Satan is going to challenge you and come to challenge you through the people you love the most. And of course, that it, it, go, it ties back into just uh, of your your own thinking and your own ability to to discern these things. And so, the first thing I had to come up against was deconstructing what what they're saying about my thoughts. What are these feelings and thoughts and questions that I'm having, and are they founded, right? Or is this something I'm just making up as I'm going? I have to acknowledge and understand because. Everyone there will, will will not justify your feelings. They they'd say it's not this isn't correct, right? It's to keep it dormant and to to almost gaslight you into thinking you're the one that's crazy. So you have to understand that in that moment you have the power to validate yourself and understand that these feelings you're not alone. Because you're not allowed to talk to people openly about how you feel and the questions and the doubts that you have, you do feel like you're the only person. But trust me when I say there's other people with the same doubts, same questions and same fears. They're just not brave enough to really ask them and allow them to kind of surface and really process these thoughts and emotions and, mm -hmm. and, and questions and doubts and, and discomfort that you're feeling there. And then the second thing was after understanding, okay, this is coming up for me on multiple occasions. I know that I'm not the only one. I understand that this is valid. The second thing is to say is, to me, it came down to my, the whole reason why I joined this group 
is because I was seeking truth, right? And so what is that even, what does that mean and what does that look like? And so if I'm, if I came here in, in pursuit of truth, then my reason to stay should also be the same and the reason to leave should also be the same. So if I find something that I know for sure is, is false, I need to be ready to acknowledge that. The other thing is one year there, especially in Shinchenji, um, it's, it doesn't even, now it's become like people have bought into the idea of what Shinchenji is. It's no longer like dependent even. There are some people who will tell you if the leader stays alive or not, I'll, I, I won't go, right? Whereas before it was very cut and dry. It was like, of course he's supposed to be immortal. So if something happens to him, it's not true. Um, you've bought into this idea of this organization. So you have to accept that there could potentially be something wrong here. That in its own is such a powerful like realization. When you realize there's a potential of something not being correct here, that it may not be true. You have to even agree with yourself and say, yeah, there's, cause there's some people who won't even entertain that, right? They're not even like, that's not even possible. Everything is explainable here. That's not the case, obviously. So once you understand that, then you can move on to say, okay, am I willing to then look at things and hear people stories because if you know you're the people that left are evil and they're devil possessed demon possessed and i can't then there is your answer and that's where it stops but if it's truth i knew that like nothing is gonna shake me like mm -hmm. if, if i go out there and i find information i come back and i can ask and find and get answers for it then i'm okay here right if i go out there and i hear something and i see something and i come back with a question and it's not being answered I'm being demonized for asking those questions, for even thinking I should hear other people's stories. There's a problem. They're not giving you an answer. They're making you feel shame for going against what they they've determined is God's will, right? Mm -hmm. And so these are the kind of steps that I had to take to um, get to the point where I was finally okay to even listen to stories of other people. Right. Look at scripture a little differently than what I've been taught for the last five years within context. And what does that even mean? Right. And so and if, if you're a person that's kind of just looking to leave, those are kind of that. That's those are the steps. But from a faith standpoint, I was still interested in wanting to remain in my faith. I just knew there had to be more. I was like, I don't think I've given it a fair shot. If this is incorrect, there's got to be truth somewhere. I mean, this Bible has to mean something, right? And so one of the first books I referred to was like, I don't have enough to be an atheist. It was a really helpful book for me to just kind of start from the beginning and say, why should I care to seek truth, period? Like, yep. why should I care? And then kind of go from there. So, um, and then for others, the barrier could be mental health. And so if you need to seek help, like you have to. I know I had to, I had to seek like therapy. I was just like, you know, I need, I need to sit down and, and talk to someone about what I'm feeling. And you realize when you're talking to mental health practitioners that a lot of these feelings you're having are probably valid and maybe connected to the environment you're in. And so you can kind of go from there. So I had to use lots of different avenues and people I trusted because there's a lot of fear when you're in that place. If you're scared, there is a community, there, the Reddit group is anonymous. So anyone can post on there and no one will know who you are. So you can reach out to people, there's chat groups, there's people there who have left, who would be more than happy to just, you know, answer your questions on there and just, you know, don't, and don't give up 
finding the community that will support you. And of course your channel is here and there's people through here who've shared their stories, I'm here. And so we, we won't reveal your identity. It's, the, it's, that, it's that piece where they're scared that someone's gonna find out in the group that it's them, right? And then you become mm -hmm. kind of this target focus, which is in mm -hmm. and of itself dangerous. In and of, yeah. Absolutely, Absolutely dangerous. And so um, it's it's finding that one person that can truly understand what your experience is and, and be able to talk you through that process. And so for me, that's what it looked like. It was just from deconstructing kind of what, what I've been taught about my own thoughts to the doctrine to slowly being able to ask, okay, what is truly truth and kind of going from there. Um, that's what helped me move forward. And as I started to look at the information and ask for myself and answer these questions, I started to realize not only has the scripture been taught to me completely wrong and the gospel has been twisted completely. Um, I've also been gaslit, spiritually abused, emotionally. There's so many things, right? And so um, it kind of helped me peel those layers back. And it's a process. It's a, it's a process. It's still, to this day, there are times where I have, you know, I'm like, man, like, you know, I'd have to go ask the person I trust to, to talk me through things because it's a process, mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. um, but, yeah, that's kind of where you want to start, I would say. Sure. Yeah. That's all very, very, very good. And so much of what you're saying applies um, not just to this particular group or even just cults specifically, but just any sort of theological or, or other sort of uh, mentality or system that you are, for whatever reason, kind of in, uh, living your life in and under. And, and I think just the important, importance of um, of not going that direction that you're describing where your own thoughts, your own, you know, what, which I think is part of our image bearing nature, uh, being, being made in the image of God, that intuition and rationality, which ultimately is built into us as a defense mechanism. It's, it's, it's like this defense from lies to ultimately protect ourself um, and so to be taught or, or whether implicitly or explicitly, um, which both happen to be taught to fear that, or to, to demonize that, to think that that part of yourself is always evil. And to think that, oh, this is just Satan trying to manipulate me. It's like, that is just so wrong and not true. Yeah. And, and it's just, it's just, it's just manipulation. And so it, it takes a level of um, I think first you just need to realize that that's not true, uh, right. that, that right. rationality and, and logic, <laughs> critical thinking are things that are there given by God to protect you. Yes. And so don't run away from those things. But when those things will naturally send signals off alerts inside of you saying something is not right here. Think about this. Think about yes. this. You know, it, it, I think there's only so much that you can continue to push that under the rug. And at some point, um, and, and again, it's scary. It's a scary thing, but at some point you have to look at those things and say, okay, what this, this system I'm in, is this really, is this really true? Yeah. Can this hold up to like a critical examination of it? Um, if it can great, but if it can't, then it needs to be eliminated because again, as you said, truth, I think hopefully people, what they're doing, whether joining this or leaving it, should be a pursuit of what is actually true here. 
what is actually in line with with reality. And that shouldn't be ultimately, though it might be an uncomfortable thing to walk through. Ultimately, it's not a scary thing because truth is light. And so you're going to find light if you if you pursue it. And um, and yeah, so very, very, very good stuff. And I, I hope some of that was was helpful. And so I'm assuming from there, then you just um, like like what happened then? Did you did you pretty quickly when you started having these doubts, just decide to to leave or were you kind of in and out? What was that process like? Yeah, it was a very fragile process uh, simply because I think there was definitely fears that I had too because there is a history of of them kind of showing up at people's doors and, and kind yeah. of that um, for a lot of people who leave these organizations, that, that's kind of the fear. There's people that I know who left and honestly left town for some time because they felt like someone could be watching them. Someone knows where they were, you know, these are real fears. And so, um, I, I think the first step for me was to, uh, spend a lot of time with my, my parents luckily are, are very wonderful people and were very understanding of my situation. Um, uh, you know, I'm originally from Ethiopia and they actually do have a group in Ethiopia where, they like have evangelized SCJs international. So um, my dad actually got a hold of a book where it was written by someone um, specifically about this group back home. And he just had a, a really good understanding of like the emotional manipulation that I had experienced in this group. Um, and so for me, I had that support system there um, to be able to have them as a sounding board was really helpful and people that I trusted in my life that I could, you know, talk to. Um, you know, I, I think for some people, how they receive knowing that their friend for the last five years was in a cult is a little different, you know what I mean, for everybody. And so um, I kind of had to start there. And, and I sought mental health help too, because, you know, I know I needed it. I, mm -hmm. I just knew that I had been through something that was extremely tra traumatizing. And so I needed to make sure that I was mentally well, I was going to be okay. And I needed someone to understand these this experience. And so that was that was really helpful for me um, because of figuring out and then what I was going to do next in life because I hadn't even really I mean I continued working I hadn't quit my job or anything when I was in there luckily but I didn't even give thought to like my future career and like trajectory of what I wanted to do I didn't think there was a life outside of there honestly I just thought I'm working so I can maintain my life here in, in what I thought was God's kingdom right so. I had to start from square one and being like, okay, what do I want to pursue? I feel like the world is my oyster now. Like I just, I feel like I can do so much and I can do so many different things. And that was giving me some hope, but also a lot of overwhelm since my destiny had been planned out for me over there essentially. And now it felt like I had some sort of agency again to kind of make decisions for myself. And so um, that was both refreshing and terrifying at the same time. So I had to, take my time in figuring out what it is that I needed to do for myself. Um, and, you know, over there, it's, it's, you live for, if you're a leader, especially you're told you live for your group members, you, you, you die on that hill. They've, they've taken group um, leaders on these extraneous hikes where they've asked them to add rocks into their bags as they went up the hill, um, symbolizing the burden that they are going to have to carry for these the, the, their duties that they were being given there's actually stories in korea that have come out where there's a girl that had passed away because she had been taken on this crazy hike 
and the altitude was really high, it was getting really cold. And then authorities were called, you know, when they realized she was being unresponsive and they lied about who they were as an organization. And they had people sign who went on this trip so that they don't disclose the information of what they just witnessed. And then those people who left and came out with the story and shared what happened, right? So very traumatizing for these people and really unfortunate, but because we don't hear it here in the States, we think like we're kind of limited to our experience here, but um, mm -hmm. they get away with a lot more there because the law is a little different where it's like considered a family problem, you know, something kind of private. So, um, but anyways, yeah, that, that's kind of the process that I had to go through um, and it's still a journey, you know, and there's still so much growth and healing. And, but then also finding community and the people that left was really helpful for me as well. Um, and being able to talk about our experiences um, was definitely helpful for sure. Hmm. So since leaving uh, you, since leaving SCJ, you've talked about how like maintaining faith and continuing to pursue truth was very important to you. And so, um, and so you've landed at a place, it sounds like where you still, um, well, well, I guess I'll let, I'll let you tell me like, yeah. what, where kind of at this point have you landed? And then maybe we can talk a little bit about what your process was of, of getting there. Yeah. Um, so I, I, started out with that book, like I said, I had read through it. My dad actually had the book on him and there was like a workbook that came with it. So I was answering these questions as I read along and um, it was really striking to me, you know, kind of how he presented the importance of seeking truth and wanting to find it, right? And that, you know, with anything else in life, whether it's like you go to the doctors, you don't want someone ballparking the medication that you need. Like that could cause problems. You don't want to go to a financial planner and them being like, well, I just try this investment. I don't know, hopefully it works out. Like that's, we don't ever wanna take chances on so many parts of our lives. And so with something like faith, there's also a reason why we'd wanna seek truth and, and find it for ourselves because we, there's always a consequence to not finding it essentially is how he was putting it. Um, and I liked how he wasn't kind of shoving Christianity down your throat in a sense. It was more of like a very philosophical approach to to finding mm -hmm. truth, which I appreciated um, a lot. And so um, after that, I um, attended, I started attending a local church um, and it was uh, very refreshing and very encouraging to kind of reestablish my understandings of the gospel, uh, my foundations, the things that were kind of torn apart into pieces and, and rebuilding my image of who God is as a father. Um, that was very key because a lot of people will even tell you that leave praying is even so difficult because you prayed a certain way when you were there. The central point was this man who is the like Jesus incarnate essentially, and um, is are my prayers heard? There's a certain way we have to praise how we're told, like when we're there. And so uh, there's so many things that I had to um, deconstruct towards you know the correct and the truth and mm -hmm. what i what i needed to understand um and and i remember the first time i ever prayed alone i just was like hi god like it was just so awkward <laughs> you know <laughs> like, so it's been a while <laughs> like, yeah right you know, it was so, like it was this awkward like feeling but i knew that like there was beauty in, in, in me taking those steps and, and kind of rebuilding my confidence in who God is as a father to me. 
and um, reestablishing that. And so then um, I was really nervous to actually find a smaller like Bible study group. People would ask me all the time, like, do you belong to a Bible study group? You know, you go to churches and they're like, we have so many small groups. And I was always just very, I think, you know, from my experience in SDJ and how things are structured, um, there there's so much trauma that's kind of like- Oh yeah, that'd be triggering. Yeah, it was very, very, so I remember my first ever small group that I had said I would try out and had gone. And, and I was just, I was so afraid to contribute my thoughts because I was always told in Shinchinji that um, you cannot use your own thinking to interpret scripture. And so the phrase I think is like forbidden in SUJ. Like you cannot say those words when you're talking about scripture. And, and people were saying it left and right. And I was just like, are we supposed to, like, you know, I was just so, oh my God, like what's going on? Get yeah. me out of here. But um, yeah, eventually I, you know, I joined a class actually that would teach, uh, they kind of, it's a discipleship type of class where you learn inductive Bible study. And I was like, oh, this is so interesting. Why we should study the scripture in a certain way. And there is a method to it. And um, I started to kind of, kind of understand and rebuild that. Now I belong to a small Bible study and I go to a church, a local church. And um, it's been such a joy and it's definitely been a journey for sure. And there's still times where I know I need support. I know I need that, like, um, but finding that uh, group and support group was, was really important. It was definitely going out on a limb because I didn't know how people would look at me. Like, I just left a cult. Like, you know, you're telling people, they're like, oh, where's your home church before? And I was like, so about that, how long do you have? You know, <laughs> because right. it's kind of a long story. So, uh, but I was met with a lot of empathy from a lot of people and, you know, and I appreciated that. And so that's been really helpful um, in that journey of in belonging to a faith community. So it's something mm -hmm. that I, I've now like regained the joy and the wonder that I have of learning scripture, right. And who God is and like, what, hmm. what is, what is the Bible teaching me about who God is, his character, who is Christ, um, and all of the fundamental doctrines to like Trinity, um, you know, like Christology, just it, the really core things about um, the, the building blocks to our faith essentially. And so that's been a, a joy to kind of regain um, in the last couple of months for sure. Hmm. Yeah, because so many, so many people, which is so understandable, they look at the Bible and the Bible itself is triggering. I mean, you just, yeah. when you're, when you're so yeah. ingrained in a certain way of being, uh, you know, they, these groups kind of set up these very well-trodden paths through the Bible. They will of course completely steer clear of 99% of, of the Bible and the rest of the context, but they, yes. they will have these really clear paths. And it's just really hard to make that disconnect and, and to be able to make that distinction between, you know, the Shinchanji's version, the way they taught you to look and perceive the Bible and, and really what it really says. And it's, it's, yes. and, and so you're, what it sounds like you're saying is that um, you've been able to kind of see that the Bible actually still has a, a quite a beautiful story to yeah. to tell um, about about God and, yeah. and and just that it, it's possible. I think that's that's the the fun thing I guess to see about about your story because so many people I think do understandably get um, you know go from groups like these and 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 you know some even have somewhat of like a disdain or come to see the bible itself as some you know uh, a source of, of evil and just harmful in, in itself 
right. which again is understandable, but I think there, I think that there's, I think there's, there's more to it than that. And, mm -hmm. and, and so I guess like maybe just going like, sounds like you've kind of started this with just um, the book you mentioned, I don't have enough faith to be an atheist, which is by mm -hmm. Frank Turek. Mm -hmm. But it sounds like you wanted to just start, let's go to the basic, basic level. Like if I'm going to go for truth, like let's yeah. see, is there any reason to even believe there's a God in the first place? Because if, yes. if not, then why would I waste my time with any of this? Yeah. Um, so I guess like what, obviously this could be, this question right here could be an entire, you know, discussion, right. but um, as, as concise, I guess, as, as you want to, want to put it, like what, why having kind of looked into that, are you now, um, why did you come through that and come out thinking like, I, well, I do believe in God. Why, why do you look at reality, look at the world around you and, 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 and still conclude that, yes, I think a, a creator, yeah. is the best explanation for this. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you know, I think atheism also fascinated me initially just because I was like, maybe that's, maybe that's the route. Maybe these people know what they're talking about because this is chaos, you know, like what I just mm -hmm. experienced, but also like before I sign my life away again, I really do need yeah. to ask some questions, you know? Um, I think what really, uh, was helpful about that book and, and that's like it coupled with a lot of, um, uh, people that I've heard uh, defending truth, like this, a lot of apologists who have made it their life's mission to really bring forth kind of a unique perspective into like understanding what truth is and, and how do we come to understand that it is, you know? Um, I think what really helped me kind of center myself and I kind of felt at ease after reading like the first chapter of this book because um, he kind of goes about how there's these university students who he's asking, how do you know what's true? And they're just like, you know, it can't be family and it can't be friends and it can't be um, an outside some external influence. So everyone kind of has um, a common ground in philosophy, right? People kind of can have those conversations knowing you're coming from an even playing field essentially. And so um, there's, you know, I, I wanted to have this evidence-based faith for me, it was no longer going to be about like, I found the, these really lovely people or like, you know, my family just really wants me to like, it couldn't be that it had to be like concrete. It had to make sense. And I had to be able to explain it for myself and to others. And so, um, that book kind of took me on a journey of like the different kind of arguments that are presented when we're talking about truth, like the moral argument, for example, what is that, mm -hmm. right? Like, how do we know good from bad, right from wrong? And, and where does that, what does that boil down to, right? And so some mm -hmm. of these conversations obviously can be like a whole episodes on their own, but um, that, that kind of helped me come to the question of then why, why this idea of like, I can know the truth, but why should I care where truth is preached and why it should be widespread, right? And he portrays yeah. this, so that he brings it down so to like the personal level where you realize like, yeah, why should I care where somewhere in Taliban, they're like whatever, preaching what they're teaching people in the Middle East, what, who cares, right? But he's like, it matters when these young kids have not been taught something to, be, to mean truth, and then they hijack a plane and it crashes into, you know what I mean, a building where your loved ones might be. And now it's like, oh, well, so, so somehow what this person has been taught growing up has kind of led them to do something. And, and, and you think it doesn't pertain to me, but it does. It pertains to all of us and why, 
how it, it shapes and forms like the world around us and why that even matters. And I said, okay, I see why it matters and to not just care that I find it, but I could help other people understand the same thing, you know? Mm -hmm. So then I slowly started getting like kind of comfortable with the idea of like, okay, sharing the gospel. I see where they get that from. I get it. Like that's important, you know, before even jumping into scripture, this book kind of like held my hand through it's okay. It's fine that you have these questions. Let's just, talk about the, the the granule details of where this is coming from and why your question matters and how we can answer that, you know? And also just looking at their perspective of, you know, like what do, that the atheism itself is faith. It's having faith in something, it, even though they mm. say that it's, it's, you know, like when we think atheism, yeah. you have faith in nothing. It, there is, it's a type of faith, it's a kind of faith. And it has to also be proven and it has to be backed mm -hmm. up as well. And so that was just a really helpful kind of journey and, and it came, it led me to then, um, wh why are there like, you know, historical evidences that we lean on so much in, in scripture? Like, wh why is this the holy text that is true in general? And that got me down, there would be nights where I would be up, like, it's like 3 a.m. before I realize it, because I've just like, listened to all these lectures, and I've read all these articles, and it just, it just started to really fill me with wonder. and. And I attribute that to not just myself, but I think there in the book, he talks about how there has to be a willing to want to know, right? Like you have to approach it yep. with the willingness to want to understand. And I think scripture backs that up by saying that like, that obviously if there's a willingness to, like from our own hearts, that God can use that to, to build us and to grow us. And so my prayers then started to be like, I'm an amateur, so I need your help. So I'm trying here to help me, you know, like, and, and that yeah. was kind of how, you know, I started to see people coming into my life who were encouraging in that sense as well. And so that's how that book has kind of helped me through. And it's a dense book. I've, it's, and it, it's a good thing there's a workbook that comes with it because there's some questions I wouldn't even thought, would have thought to ask, but I made it yeah. kind of an interactive way to kind of go through the book, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. And I can... <laughs> I can relate to a lot of a lot of that because I've, you know, in the past three, four years have been deconstruction as a triggering word, especially in, in you know, conservative evangelical circles. Yeah. And so I understand when I use it, but I think I think it's in many ways, it's a dis accurate description of what, you know, I think, again, I think all of us in some level should go through. But, you know, I've, I've um, come to to that point myself, and I've, I've talked, shared a little bit about that in various videos. But just having to reach that point where I realize I'm, am I willing to, you know, look at something like like an an atheist kind of perspective of the world and say, and actually examine why why is it that people think that way? Yeah. Um, and so, kind of been like a two or three ish year just process of of again like listening to lectures and debates and hearing, actually getting to a point where I was willing to, like, not even just listen to like a debate where I knew that okay I'm going to hear this this other side that's going to challenge mm -hmm. what I think but at least then the, the the guy I agree with will come back and and kind of <laughs> refute what he just said yeah. but actually just am I willing to just listen to the other side with, yeah. without and then just let that those those things like kind of stew in, in, inside my mind and yeah. figure out what I'm going to do with those things. And so that's, that's kind of what I've, I've been through too. And again, it's, it's this, it's a scary thing. It's a scary thing to, to reach a point, which I did, where I, I just said, if, if there isn't a God, like I'm, I'm willing to be an atheist. Like I'm not, 
as offensive as that might sound to to some, it's like I'm, right. you know, we're right. all in pursuit of truth. That's what we should mm -hmm. be doing. And so if this doesn't hold up, I feel like the Bible itself teaches us to to go where the truth is, to go where the light is, and, and to you know be you know set free from wrong ways of thinking and inaccuracy. And, and so, so yeah. And I've I've kind of come to that similar place where just eventually I was just like, you know what? Like I, I, this makes sense to me. You yeah. know, I, I no longer feel like I'm just believing in God because, right. because that's what I've always believed. It's like this, just when I weigh the options, it's just this, this makes better sense of so much of what I see and experience in reality. And, um, <laughs> you know, wh whether it's like you're mentioning the moral argument or, or just the simple, you know, when you just kind of stop and think about even, Kind of simple concepts, but really complex concepts at the same time. Yeah. But the idea that is is our minds right here having this conversation. We are minds thinking and processing. Did these come about yes. by something mindless? Yeah. Um, and so it's just when you, when you you know, for me personally, it's like I understand that having an experience in a group like this, and then going on to continue in faith. There's a deep challenge to that because there's so many questions that arise in that of why would you do this, God? Why, why would you yes. not only let me get into this group in the first place, but why would you even let these groups even exist? Mm -hmm. um, and so there's all those questions that, that I understand that arise. And I just think that I would hope that, you know, people would just continue in an honest pursuit of truth, because yeah. I think it is so easy to let, and maybe, maybe I'll be done talking in here and let you speak sure. into this a little right. bit, but I think it would be and is so easy in these scenarios when you have experienced pain and and the Bible has been used to control and abuse you and and actually the concept of God has not been something that has brought you you know life and peace but it's actually been used against you to control you and it, it's it's damaged you and your life and so it, it is totally understandable why it would coming through that would be so easy then to move forward in your, you know, um, pursuit of truth, it would yeah. kind of being led by emotion and, and the emotion of, well, that, that hurt me. And so I don't like that. I want nothing to do with that rather than, you know, being willing to stop and say, okay, but was that, was that even true? What they said, is that actually what the Bible, is that really who God is? And, and are you willing to, you know, be willing to not at least at first throw the baby out with the bathwater yes. and, 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 and analyze and make sure that there isn't actually a baby in that bathwater before you toss it, mm -hmm. which, which is kind of what I, I did. And it sounds like you did. And I, I've kind of come to realize that I, I really, I still do. I think there's a baby, you know, I think there's a baby there. I think there's yeah. something there that is not worth throwing yeah. out. <laughs> so, yeah, no. I mean, did you have that kind of that emote that I guess that pull to maybe be led by that emotion and, and just want to kind of lash back and, and throw it all out? Or was that there at all in your process? No. Oh, yeah. I think my initial reaction to just after leaving was a lot of anger, to be honest, which is founded, mm -hmm. right? Because mm -hmm. I'm thinking Absolutely. my, my, my very first question was like, God, like I was looking for you. Right. Yeah. Like, and then I ended up here how does that even make any sense like you say to seek you and will find you and i thought i did and then i dedicated years of my life <laughs> to this my 20s my early 20s to this organization thinking that this was truth you know and um 
I think what gave me a lot of comfort um, is like knowing that I've experienced what I've experienced. And I mean, uh, when I was there too, I, I realized a lot of it was not, there was not, um, I wasn't intrinsically motivated to join a cult. Like this is something that I was manipulated into doing. So mm -hmm. there was someone out there with malintent that wanted this to happen, right? And he has now made it an international thing where people are seeking truth and are falling to this trap. But also I was realizing this is also a warning in scripture, right? This is something that we've been warned as believers, like this is something that happens, false teachings. and. And um, this was happening even when Christ, as soon as Christ had left, he was already warning them at that time that there was going to be people speaking and things that are false, right? It's like he, yeah. so this isn't new. It's sort of like modern day Shinchenji, but really at that time, there's so many different versions of what we're seeing today, right? And we're experiencing. And, um, and all of that was a genuine warning because this is also his fear of us falling into things that are, False, but um, I take a lot of like joy in knowing that it, you know, having come to this conclusion that I can use this to um, for something good, right? Like I can stay there in that space, and that that space can take you to a lot of different and a lot of different directions. You can be angry, you can be upset, and you can stay angry, and that's okay. You know, if that is what you feel like you need to do, that is understandable and rightfully so. But what if I told you there's a way to use this for something that's even better, right? Like mm -hmm. this journey that everyone, and we do this with a lot of things. We do this with people who've survived like domestic abuse, right? Like, or people who've, you know, had substance abuse like struggles and have come out on the other side, right? These are all people with different life experiences that now take that experience to help other people. And we can kind of see this in a way where it's like, I've gone through this experience. Yes, it is hard and it's really challenging and I have all the right to be like angry at God. And I definitely, I think was for a period of time. And mm -hmm. someone told me like, it's okay. Like be, be angry at God. He can handle it. That's really what yeah. one of my friends told me. She was like, he, he can handle that. And that's okay. Like, you know, that's, we also know he's a loving father who understands and, and knows that, that we've been through something difficult, but he also knows how to, uh, finish the work that he began in us and, and use that for something um, even greater if we allow him to do so. And so I found comfort in knowing, okay, I, I can go forward from this, don't know where, but I can start somewhere, right? And so it's it's hard to give like a cut and dry answer because everyone's experience yeah. is so different and they're leaving with so many, it's such a multi-layered complex situation. And so um, I think that the desire is to always try and move forward and use it to the best to, to do good, the most good ultimately, you know, with it. So, yeah, yeah. Um, that's, that's such an important thing to emphasize that like, be, be angry at God, put your Bible in a box and store it in your closet for a while. Mm -hmm. If you need to do that. Like, I just, I think God is big enough to handle that. And, and I think also knowing that, you know, like God, I believe based on, so many all throughout the Bible talking about God, like has this special interest, this, this unique sort of closeness almost to the oppressed, the abused, the, 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 those who are, you know, crushed and, and mistreated by those who have some sort of authority and power. Like th those are the ones it's the oppressed and the needy and the abused. Those are the ones that 
all throughout the Bible, it's like God has this special interest. In. Yeah. And so I think that, you know, even you, those who have been caught up in groups like these, I think it would be so, so um, such a misconception to think that God's perception of you in that is just like disappointment. Or, mm-hmm. or anger, like how how could you like even even like the warnings that you talked about, like I, I I put these warnings, and so you shouldn't have fell for. I don't even think that's his attitude. No. It's, it's an attitude of like he he his anger is not directed at those who get caught up in this, but at those who who with ill intent, as you described, and, and selfishness, narcissism, are instigating and creating this whole thing in the first place, yeah. the, the whole system of, of the, the power, you know, that that's, that's what Jesus was anti what, and, and yeah. he was pro helping those who were being oppressed and abused and, and, and um, not necessarily giving even answers, you know, that that's the most difficult part of this. Like why, why Jesus are these things here in the first place? Like you could yeah. get rid of it. And so I don't, not even going to pretend like I can even begin to approach providing a a comprehensive or fully satisfying answer to the problem of of evil, which is yeah. perhaps the the you know the biggest hurdle for Christianity and theism in general. But but I do think, like you were saying, to come out of something like this and just be angry, which is totally understandable yeah. and justifiable. But I just think at some point you know, what, what is it accomplishing to just continue to be angry at God or, or at faith or at the you know, at some point, I I believe there is a way like you're, you're saying so well to come out of this and let it, let it be used for something that is going to bring life and, and light and, and help to, to others, whatever that looks like, even if it's just you choosing to not live being an angry, resentful person or, you know, but, but, being able to embrace things that do bring that that wonder as you're talking about and 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 like a foundation for for you know morality and beauty and meaning and truth in your life that you can share and give to others that that I don't really think there's really any other I can't find another place to 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 ground those sort of things on other than there being a a mind outside of yeah. this that is giving those things substance and meaning and reality to them. And so, um, yeah, no, no, absolutely. I think I, yeah, I, I think that's where I, you know, just marveling at, at the world and it, and just our ecosystem nature and how it operates. Cause I have a, um, kind of, I take interest in a lot of those things and, and it's, it's very interesting for me too. And I think I, I've come to that conclusion where I say that, um, none of this could just happen just because it just happens, right? Like this would be the craziest like simulation of a kind, right? <laughs> you know, to just be happening just because. Um, yeah. yeah, and I, I think there is and it, more evidence. I think it takes, and that's the kind of the title of the book, right? It takes more faith to honestly be an atheist. And the, mm. idea, the idea and the understanding is that there's so much you want to be, you know, without a reasonable doubt is the idea, have faith that what you believe is true. And so that's the goal that we're headed towards. So that means look, taking into account everything from nature to everything that's going on to really understand, okay, like, is this evidence-based? What is it based on? And like, where can I go from there? And so, yeah, absolutely. I yeah. Think yeah. 
And and um, some of these comments here, this conversation, I'm sure will will likely stir up um, some atheist <laughs> comments no, and responses. I have no but, doubt about which, that. <laughs> yes, which I which I I understand, and, yeah. and I, I I understand that there might be objections to the things we're saying, and that that's. Um, that's fine. I, I just, I do think like I, I can, I see what you're saying. Like when I, when I step back and think about everything that we are waking up in, in this reality that we wake up in every day, it is, if you're capable of kind of stepping back from that for a moment and really taking it in, it's like a, you know, I can't, can't curse. Although mm -hmm. I curse here is about the only way to truly say like, what, <laughs> what is happening like this right. is this is and so so when people like hear or or look at those who have a faith in god and say like that that you're just believing in you know something fairy tales or like so it's just you believe in supernatural and miraculous like like um you know nonsense it's like well if there isn't a god like the fact that this is all here like mm -hmm. whether it's a god who did it or not like it this coming about through mindless, unguided processes. That itself yeah. is just a almost like more unbelievable and like uh, uh, miraculous and, and supernatural in, in a sense than yeah. than the idea of there being a God. Like, is 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 it really more difficult to believe that there is is a being such as a God than it is to believe that this is all just it just happened, you know, mm -hmm. um, and so, and so I, I get what you're saying and I, I yeah. do get why the title of the book is, is what it is. And so I, yeah. again, understand that there will be, uh, uh, but probably some, some objections to these things, which is, mm -hmm. which is fine. That's what this is. That, this that's is okay. About. Cause that's like the beauty of it all. Right. People yeah. yeah, exactly. Their thoughts. And, um, that's how we can all, I think, learn. So, yeah, good. exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Well, um, do you have, um, any, I guess, what would be maybe your, your final thoughts? What would be some words that you might say to, you know, a, a person at any kind of point in this Shinchanji journey, you know, um, maybe those who are on the fence, maybe those just thinking about joining, maybe those who are in the middle of it, hearing you and they just see, you know, they see a devil right now persecuting. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I guess what would be, if, if you can uh, summarize any, any thoughts you might have for, for those people? Yeah, I think um, first I, I would say for people who um, have recently joined or just, you know, are part of it and they just were like, let me just look this up and come across a video like this or any other video. Honestly, I think it's, um, if you've ever had feelings of any kind of doubt that there might be something more that you may not know, like acknowledge it and understand that that's not um, abnormal, that you are not alone in that in that thought process, right? It's, I think there's a common thread on all, most people who've left Shinchenji in, in groups like this, it is almost all the time where you're like, I knew there was something off, but I just thought maybe it's just me or like there, there could be a misunderstanding here to some degree. Um, that there is no um, harm in, in knowing um, what is out there and understanding um, where you're at within the context of what everybody else has shared thus far, right? And so 
I think the biggest thing would be to pay attention to the level of fear that you even have, right? What is your reasoning for being there? And if you've been there for a long time, if your biggest motivator is fear and you're afraid that something could happen to you as a result, then you need to ask the questions of like, is this, is this how I would want to live my life, right? In fear that there is something catastrophic that'll happen to me if I leave this group, because that kind of thought process is encouraged. It's a fear-based indoctrination process, right? It's to really scare you to the point where you're like, I don't want that to happen to me, so I, I'd rather just stay, right? Um, but the reality of it is, 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 and as many of people that can tell you that have left, there is so much to life, right? And it doesn't just stop, it doesn't end when, when you leave SCJ. There's, right. if it's really true, then this is something you can, get back to, right? After knowing and understanding and digging and really finding for yourself, okay, that's, this is, cause what happens is after they've taught you everything they want you to know, then they tell you to not look at the other side. Cause initially you have nothing to go off of, but now that you know everything that you know, it's fair to want to ask, okay, I need to now hear what the opposite side has to say about this. And that is a healthy thing to do. It's, it should be encouraged. Um, and so I, I would just say, I think being aware of the, the level of the fear that you might be in and, and doubt that you might have and consider that and understand a healthy environment would not foster fear and shame mm -hmm. and guilt and constantly remind you of what you're doing never, ever, ever being enough, right? And you could never achieve that thing, that standard that they've kind of set and you feel like you're constantly having to, um, you, you're, you constantly feel like you failed in a sense, you know? And I think um, it's, it's to, to tune into yourself. There's so much noise because it, it really is like this echo chamber and, and everything that you hear. Um, giving yourself time away and to really reflect is probably one of the best things that you can do um, for yourselves. And, and you, you know, after everything that's even happened with this organization in the last couple of years, whether they might be aware of it or not, it's worth it's worth looking into. You know, to just to get a general understanding of like, okay, well, what is what are people really upset about, anyways, right? Mm -hmm. Just in general. So, um, but most importantly is that um, I think what we've said already before is to um, to to do your best to channel what you're feeling now, whether it's anger or, or you know resentment or, or, or any sorts um and if you feel like you're angry and upset that, to acknowledge those things and validate yourself and knowing that that is okay to feel um but that it's that it shouldn't end there that there's mm -hmm. hope there's so much more to discover about yourself the world you live in and also um finding the path of truth, right? What is truth and to never give up on that pursuit because that is a lifelong process, that is a learning process. And so, um, you know, giving them the power would be to give up on those things, I think. Um, but the way to really kind of um, move forward is, to, is to, to do that for yourself because you owe yourself that. Um, and understanding and finding what is true, I think. Um, and beyond that, I think it's to seek out community. And, and there are people here that I've, you know, I've connected with on this channel that have been here previously. Um, honestly, all of them amazing, wonderful people who have just been willing to just talk to me even, you know, and hear my thoughts um, and vice versa. So I think I would encourage people to reach out to, 
to anyone that's been here to just to talk to them if you have that fear, um, knowing that like your identity will not be shared. Um, <laughs> if we're persecuting, the chances are right. Like we're pro we're not going to be communicating with those people there to report that someone in there now has doubt. <laughs> it's just kind of <laughs> self defeating. Yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. So. Um, it's to know that and to know that there's people out there who do understand you and, and are yeah. here. Thank you for listening to the Great Light Studios podcast. To find more information and resources or to watch our films, you can find links in the show notes of this episode to our Facebook, YouTube, and other social media accounts. And also, would you consider leaving a five-star review on this podcast? Positive reviews go a long way in helping to get this content pushed out to more people.